Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope that you had a wonderful Christmas, and I hope that you were able to share time with your family and friends and loved ones yesterday. And uh, we had a beautiful Christmas Eve service at Victory, and we had a beautiful service planned for you this morning, a beautiful online presentation for our Christmas today. And unfortunately, technology was not allowing us to upload and get all of those wonderful things done. So we're coming to you with just a live stream today. Um, to greet you for Christmas and share in the word together as we continue to journey through Luke chapter 2. You can see behind me the feeding trough. Uh, I am spending time with family this weekend and so I'm here at our family farm, uh, the old home place as we often refer to it. And I'm standing in the barnyard where my grandmother so often brought out hay and put in this feeder right behind me to feed the the cows and I just thought what more uh what a more appropriate place to to share the rest of the Christmas story than right here at the feeding trough uh in a scene that was very familiar to that scene where Jesus was born and so that is where we are today and so I hope that you can hear me I hope that you can see me if you can just give us a, a heart if you can hear us and see us that would be perfect that way we know uh what we're trying here is not in vain this morning but again Again, we greet you. We welcome you to our online Christmas service. Let us know in the comments that you're watching, where you're watching from. We're so glad that you're able to join us this morning. And so we're going to pick up uh, with our story. I see some hearts. That's a good sign. Thank you for that, that you can see us and hear us. We're going to pick up with our Christmas story this morning. You know, we've been focusing on the songs of Christmas, and there are so many beautiful songs at Christmas time, so many beautiful carols that are full of deep theology and, and prophecy. And so we've been focusing on some of those songs over the past month. And during that time, we were with Mary as the angel Gabriel came to give her the good news and we rejoice with Mary as she ran to tell her cousin Elizabeth all that the angel spoke to her that she was the chosen one she was the one that had found favor with God and she was the one who was to be the mother of the Messiah. And then we journeyed with Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem where they found no room at the inn. We watched as they as they gave birth to Jesus in that stable scene very familiar to this and we looked at what that may have been like for them what that journey may have been perilous and and treacherous I'm sure at times and a little scary as well but then we rejoiced with the angels as their song rang out in the fields to the shepherds and we watched as the shepherds took that news and ran with it they hurried to tell everyone what they had seen and what had happened and they were just so excited and then we sat as Mary treasured these things and she kept them in her heart. And so this morning we're going to pick up towards the end of Luke chapter 2. There's a story that stands out to us and I believe that there's something in it 
for you and I to learn today. What we're going to find towards the end of Luke chapter 2, we're going to be starting in verse 21 this morning. So if you have your Bible or if you have your device, you can follow along with us there, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. What we're going to find is that Mary and Joseph are taking the baby Jesus, who is eight days old, and they are taking him to Jerusalem for this dedication ceremony where he would be circumcised, as was the custom uh, for Jewish people at that time. And so what we're going to look at this morning is what takes place during this particular ceremony. And I hope that your hearts will be encouraged as we read through this today. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 21. Scripture says that when the eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days were for their purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So this is referring to Mary and Joseph. Verse 23 says, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And it was very interesting as we were getting set up this morning, a pigeon flew through the barnyard here. So it was just kind of kind of neat. Maybe that was the Lord's confirmation for what we were talking about today. But what we have here is eight days after the birth of Jesus, Mary and Joseph travel to Jerusalem. And so we're going to ask the Lord just to bless our time together this morning. Would you take a moment and just bow your hearts with me today? Lord, we thank you so much this morning for the miracle of Christmas, for the, the glory of your birth, for the greatest gift that you have given to us. God, I just thank you for this beautiful day, for this sun that's shining this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word that does not return to us void. And God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and our minds today. Lord, that your word would take root in our lives and that, Lord, we would leave this time together transformed, renewed, refreshed, and restored because of the power of your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, Mary and Joseph, they're traveling to Jerusalem to have Jesus circumcised and have this dedication ceremony. Well, Jerusalem was about seven miles from Bethlehem. So if we backtrack a little bit, we remember that Mary and Joseph had traveled from Nazareth. They traveled to Bethlehem because there was a census being taken and because they were in the lineage in the house of David, they had to be counted in that census. And so they would have traveled about 95 miles, Mary in her third trimester, traveling on foot or on the back of a donkey to Bethlehem was a pretty treacherous journey for her. And so now not only does she get to Bethlehem and not have a bed to stay in, not have a hospital or a doctor nearby, she gives birth in a stable, if you can imagine, in all of those conditions. And eight days now have passed and now she's traveling yet again, probably on foot with this infant to the city of Jerusalem to head to the temple. I want to take a closer look at verse 21 of Luke chapter 2. Because Luke chapter 2 tells us that it was at this ceremony that the baby was given his name and his name was called Jesus. But there's something so significant at the end of this portion of scripture. Luke tells us that this was the name that was given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. It's almost as if Luke is taking us back to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 where the Lord reassures the prophet Jeremiah that before he formed him in the womb 
He knew him. And that's the promise that God gives to us, that he knows us before the foundation of the world, before we were ever conceived in our mother's womb. He knew us. He had uh, told Jeremiah, he said, I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations before you were ever conceived, before you were ever named. And so it's here at the temple according to Jewish custom, that those babies were given that name. And the name was to be prophetic in nature. It was so significant that the parents did not even discuss the name that they were, what they were going to name their child with anyone. In fact, they didn't even call the child by that name when they were born until this particular ceremony had taken place. But Luke assures us that this name Jesus was given to Jesus, given to his, to God's son before this ceremony had ever taken place and so we we just see the the providence of God in all of this now per Levitical law during this particular ceremony or a brisk as it is known in, in Jewish culture the parents were to offer a sacrifice and the law allowed them to substitute two turtle doves or two pigeons for a lamb if they were unable to provide one. Well, the interesting thing here is that Jesus, as John said, is the lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Mary and Joseph already offered the lamb. But what we see is a little bit of insight into the poverty that they lived in because they offered the most humble sacrifice. And it gives us just a little bit of a picture of the life that Jesus was born into when he came to earth. But it's also in this particular scene at the temple that we're introduced to a man named Simeon. And when I think of Simeon, I think of a seasoned saint. I think of someone who has just faithfully served and loved the Lord his entire life. And now he's at the temple because he just wants to worship. He just wants to be in the house of God. He just wants to be there in the presence of the Lord. And so we're introduced here to Simeon, and Luke gives us a little more insight into the character of this man. Take a look with me again at Luke chapter 2. We're going to jump down to verse 25. Scripture says, And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. What a powerful statement. Isn't that what you would like to have said about you in the history books? That you were righteous and devout and the Holy Spirit was upon you? I don't know about you, but that's a description I would like to have. And so this is what Luke tells us about Simeon. Simeon's name actually means he who hears or he who listens. And so we find this man who has come to the temple this day for a very specific reason. Luke goes on to tell us in verse 26 that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. What a promise to be given. He would not die. He wouldn't pass away until he had seen the Messiah. Luke goes on to say in verse 27 that he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents had brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he, Simeon, took him into his arms and blessed God. And we're going to read in just a moment that blessing that Simeon gave over Jesus and over Mary and Joseph. But what I think is so interesting here is that Simeon's name means he who listens, he who hears. And it says that he was led by the Spirit that very day to the temple in Jerusalem. Now, we have to ask ourselves, what if Simeon hadn't listened to the voice of the Spirit that day? 
What if he hadn't obeyed? What if he would have rather to stay home rather than go to the temple because he was more comfortable in his pajamas or it was just more convenient. He didn't want to travel, but he listened and he obeyed. What is it that Jesus says to us in Matthew chapter 11? He says, he who has ears, let him hear. And so Simeon listened. Not only did he listen to the voice of the spirit, he obeyed the voice of the spirit. And I think there's a lesson there for you and I. Not only do we need to listen, but we need to obey the spirit's urging. We need to obey what it is that he's asking us to do. And I think that sometimes... You and I tend to wait on a promise. We tend to wait on the word that God's spoken to our heart because we want to see it come to pass. But what we do in the process of waiting is that we're listening, but perhaps we're not following the urging and that unction of the spirit. Maybe we're listening, but we're not willing to obey. And so perhaps the reason that we haven't seen the fulfillment of God's promise to us isn't because God is not faithful. It's because either we're not listening or maybe we've heard him speak and we're just not willing to obey his word. And so what we see here is that the day that Jesus is brought to the temple to be circumcised is the very day that the Holy Spirit prompts Simeon to go to the temple. And while he is there, this promise is fulfilled to him. He sees Jesus. He sees the Messiah. Think about the excitement that he must have had when he got to the temple and he sees this. But what's so interesting is that Simeon didn't have a photo to go off of. There wasn't a, a most wanted poster. There wasn't facial recognition in those days. There, there was no name tag that Jesus was wearing that said, hello, my name is Jesus. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one who came to restore Israel. I'm the one that you've been waiting for. Simeon didn't have a physical description of what this child was going to look like, but he recognized Jesus as the Messiah. And I believe that the reason that Simeon recognized Jesus as the Messiah is because his ears were open, because he listened to the voice of the Spirit, and he knew what he was looking for. Listen to what Simeon goes on to say in verse 29 of Luke chapter 2. He says, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. What's he saying? He's saying, Lord, you can take me home now. I've seen the fulfillment of your promise. I've seen the Messiah. I'm ready to go home. He says, you're, you, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. God, you fulfilled your promise to me. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Notice how he personalizes that. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. What is it that John said about Jesus? He said, in him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light came into the darkness, but the darkness didn't comprehend it. He's saying, I've seen Jesus, a light to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon gives this blessing as he's, as he's holding that baby, Jesus. He said, I have seen your salvation. Now, remember, it's here at this very place in the temple during this ritual that the name Jesus is spoken publicly for anyone in earshot to hear. So Simeon comes into the temple this very day, prompted by the spirit to be there. And what does he hear? But the mention of the name that is the fulfillment to his promise. He hears the name Jesus, Savior, Yeshua, my salvation, Yahweh saves 
We don't know how old Simeon was during this particular incident. We can assume that he was up in years because he was ready to go home knowing that he had just seen the Messiah and that was the promise that had been given to him. But what I think is so interesting and, and my mind kind of rolls around this a little bit is that we don't know how old Simeon was during this particular incident, but I wonder how old he was when he received the revelation that this is what would happen before he went home to be with the Lord, that he would see the Messiah. How many years did Simeon walk with the Lord carrying this promise that this would be fulfilled to him? Was he a young man? Was he middle-aged? Did he carry this promise for five years, 10 years, 20, maybe 50 years? We don't know. But this is the promise that was given to him and it came to pass in his lifetime. I read a quote this week that said, as Simeon gazed into the brand new eyes of the ancient of days, Christ for him went from being God with us to God with me. That's the beauty of Christmas, friends, is that God, Jesus, Emmanuel, came. His, he became flesh and he dwelt among us, you and I, so that he could be Emmanuel, God with us, God for me. He came for us. It's such a personal story that God gave to us. It's a personal gift. Can you imagine the joy that Simeon must have felt in that moment? A lifetime of waiting and anticipation has now been realized. Well, if you continue to follow this story through Luke chapter 2, Luke goes on to introduce us to another one of those seasoned saints whose name was Anna. And we know that Anna uh, was 84 years old at the time. And Anna had seen Simeon. She sees Jesus here in the temple and she begins praising God. And she's just so excited. She goes and she talks to everyone that she knows and she tells them, he's here, the one that we've waited for. I've seen him with my own eyes. I can just imagine this 84-year-old woman running around and testifying and praising God, so excited that she has seen the fulfillment, that she has seen the prophecy of the coming Messiah come to pass in her lifetime. I love this story because we see two people who were so faithful, who were who were who had the Spirit upon them, who were so engaged and in tune with the Spirit that they recognized the Messiah when they saw him. And I think you and I can learn something from Simeon and Anna, we can learn something from their faith because I believe that there's something so powerful about their faith. And I think it all stems to prayer. It all comes down to prayer. I use a lot of Gary Chapman's material uh, when I'm counseling couples who are getting ready to get married. And if you're familiar with Gary Chapman, he does a lot of marriage seminars, counseling sessions, um, and he's, he's written a lot of books. And probably you're probably the most familiar with his book, The Five Love Languages. It's an excellent book. If you've never read it, I encourage you to do so, whether you're married or single or um, whatever your, your relationship status may be. It's a great book uh, in learning how to relate with people and find out what their love languages are. But he, he makes this point in one of his marriage sessions, and he talks about two different types of people. One is a babbling brook, and the other is a dead sea. 
And he says, more often than not, the two tend to marry one another. And so the babbling brook is the person who just rambles on and on and on and on and on and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. We all know people like that, don't we? And uh, just never stops and never comes up for air. And then you have the Dead Sea, who is almost always silent, who rarely ever speaks. And so it's either because they choose not to or maybe because they never have the opportunity to. And so you have these two people who more often than not marry and they have to learn to come to a compromise where they're talking and they're listening and they're talking and they're listening. And so I, I tend to think that as you and I go in prayer to the Lord. This is what our prayer lives look like sometimes. Sometimes we come to the Lord in prayer and we're like that babbling brook and we just go on and on and on and on and on and we pray and pray and pray and pray. But are we allowing ourselves to do what the psalmist said? To be still and to know that he is God. Do we allow ourselves just to sit in his presence and allow his spirit to speak to our hearts? Or are we too busy being like that babbling brook and just rambling on those wish list prayers that we sometimes have? Mother Teresa once said that God speaks in the silence of the heart. She said, listening is the beginning of prayer. And how true that is. Listening is the beginning of prayer. What was it that Simeon's name means? He who listens. He who hears. You know, prayer is a powerful thing. I witnessed such a beautiful testimony this week of what can happen all because of the power of prayer. And I believe that the reason that Simeon saw the fulfillment of God's promise in his lifetime is because he was in constant communion with God. Because friends, regardless of what your situation is, prayer has the power to change things because it opens doors and it moves mountains. This is what Simeon was experiencing. You know, we've, we've spent the past month looking at the songs of Christmas. And so this morning, I would like to end our series on the songs of Christmas with one last Christmas song. And it's one that you're probably familiar with. It's called the 12 Days of Christmas. And you're probably wondering, well, what in the world does the 12 Days of Christmas have to do with this scene of Simeon and Anna in the temple as Jesus was being dedicated and presented to the Lord? Well, this song wasn't actually written about the 12 days leading up to Christmas Day. It was written about the 12 days following Christmas Day. And so there's this period of 12 days from Christmas Day to January 6th, which is known as 12 tide. It encompasses those days up to January 6th, which is known as Epiphany, in which many cultures celebrate the visit of the Magi or the wise men coming to see the young boy, Jesus. The lyrics depict all of these gifts that you and I would deem rather odd in our culture today because who wants uh, turtle doves, who wants a partridge in a pear tree, right? All of those things for Christmas. And this is what this song goes on and on and on. And each day there's a different gift with the corresponding number of the day. And so, for instance, there are, are people who have said that this song, the 12 days of Christmas, is actually referring to gifts that God bestows to us as his children. So the partridge in a pear tree actually is said to represent Jesus, who is the greatest gift of all. And it's been said that a partridge is the only bird who will sacrifice itself or die to protect its young. And isn't that a beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us? 
two turtle doves is said to represent the Old and the New Testaments. And then we have the three French hens, which are said to represent faith, hope, and love, and so on and so forth. Well, what does this song have to do and how is it related to the story of Simeon and Jesus in the temple? I believe that Simeon received his promise because not only was he a devout and righteous man, but he listened to the voice of the Spirit. And what better way for us to listen to the voice of the Spirit than when we're in constant communion with him, than when we're walking with him day and night in prayer. We have to be unified in prayer. Things happen when we pray corporately, when we pray together, when we unify our hearts and our minds and seek the Lord. And so what we are going to do for the next 12 days, those 12 days of Christmas, from today, December 26, 2021, to January 6, 2022, is we are going to, as a church, spend the next 12 days in prayer for one another, in prayer for our families, in prayer for our church, in prayer for our community, and seek the Lord's heart as to what he wants to do and what he wants to speak. And I'm challenging you to not just say, this is what I want to see from the Lord. I'm challenging you not just to ask of the Lord, but to be still and listen for the next 12 days and see what the Lord wants to speak to your heart. See what the Spirit is prompting you to do. Be like Simeon who listened and was moved by the urging of the Spirit. Listen and obey the word that the Lord is going to bring to you. And that's my challenge to you for the next 12 days, that we're not just going to have the 12 days of Christmas. We're going to have the 12 days of prayer from December 26th to January 6th. And we're going to come up with some new lyrics to the song. Maybe we'll even say, on the first day of Christmas, my pastor prayed for me. We can fill in all kinds of lyrics. But I can assure you that I am praying for you and I will continue to do so. But I want to encourage you to pray for one another. Pray for each other's families. Pray for your friends. Pray that they come to know the saving grace of Jesus who came as Emmanuel, who came and God with us to be God for us, who came as our salvation on Christmas, the greatest gift that God bestowed to us. Pray for our church. Pray for God's will to be done. Pray for our community. Pray for hearts and lives to be touched and transformed by the power of the gospel. And so that's what we are going to spend the next 12 days doing is to pray and to live listen, to have that heart that is still before the Lord, that is still in his presence. And so we're going to join our hearts together to be unified in this effort in 12 days of prayer. And we're going to start out 2022 with a heart and attitude and mindset of prayer and expectancy. And we're going to listen to what God wants to say to his church. Friends, let's have the ears of Simeon and the faith of Anna. Let's wait with expectancy and anticipation for what what it is that God wants to do in us and through us. And let's be obedient to the urging of his spirit. Friends, I hope that your hearts were encouraged this morning. I encourage you to go through and read through the entirety of Luke chapter 2 yourselves. Refresh the Christmas story because there's something new that's going to jump out at you every time that you read it. Ask the Lord, ask the Spirit to speak to you every time that you open his word. God, speak to me through your word today because, friends, his word tells us that it is alive, it is quick, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And if you're feeling discouraged this morning, 
you're going to find hope in the word. If you're feeling down, you're going to find encouragement. If you're feeling lonely, you're going to find a faithful friend. If you're needing an answer to prayer, you're going to find it when you immerse yourself in the word of God. If your situation this morning feels hopeless, you're going to find the strength that you need when you read the word of God. And not only when you read it, but when you listen to what it is. Let him who has an ear Listen to what the Spirit says to the church. And friends, we're his church. We are the bride of Christ. And God has a message that he wants to share to us this Christmas. And I promise you that as you pray, he will be faithful to answer you. He tells us in Jeremiah that if we call to him, he will answer us. And he will show us great and mighty things that we don't know. And so let that be your prayer as you start out 2022. Lord, open my ears, open my heart that I might know you more, that I would listen to what it is that you're speaking to me. Friends, would you join your hearts with me in prayer today? Maybe you're standing there this morning, you're sitting with your family and friends. Christmas is, is over and the excitement's kind of now wearing off a little bit and you're getting ready for this new year, not knowing what it might bring. Maybe 2021 was a difficult year for you, but we want to pray with you. God's blessing and favor over 2022, that it's going to be your best year yet. And I believe that God can fulfill that promise to you. So we're going to join our hearts together today and ask that the Lord speak to us, that he have his way. Would you join your hearts? Maybe you're listening today and you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus. And today you want to make that your Christmas prayer. Lord, I want to surrender my heart and my life to you. I want you to take control of who I am because I can't do this on my own anymore. I can't walk through this life on my own. I know that I've made mistakes, but I believe that you came and you died for me, that you were placed in a tomb and three days later you rose so that I could have eternal life. If that's you this morning, we want to give you that opportunity to surrender your heart and life to Jesus. And so we're going to take just a moment to quiet our hearts before the Lord this morning. Would you join us as we pray today? Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for your word that goes forth to accomplish your will and does not return to us void. Lord, we thank you that you speak to us through the power of your word. And so, Father, this morning, I pray that you would soften our hearts, soften our minds, open our ears to hear your voice, to obey what it is that your spirit is speaking to us individually and to us corporately as your church and as your body. Lord, we're here to serve you. We're here to love you and to worship you. And so, God, this morning, we thank you for this beautiful gift that you have sent to us in such an unusual way. We thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus, who is our Savior, to be our salvation. And so, Lord, for those that are tuning in this morning that say, you know what? I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. The greatest gift that they could give back to you. We invite them to pray this prayer with us and to simply say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've made mistakes. But Lord, today I ask that you come into my life. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you cleanse me? Would you wash me as white as snow? Would you make me whole again? I surrender my heart and my life to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. Would you come into my life? Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you direct me in Jesus' name? Friends, we believe that if you prayed that prayer, that God's welcomed you into his family with open arms. 
Scripture gives us a picture of the prodigal son returning home and the father running to meet him. And that's a picture of what God does for us. He runs to us and he embraces us because you are never too far gone for God to embrace you. You're never too far gone for his grace to reach you or for his forgiveness to heal you. And so we welcome you into the family of God this morning. The angels rejoice over you with singing today. If you're here and there's something that we can pray with you about or rejoice with you over, I encourage you to list that in the comments. We would love nothing more than to pray with you and just encourage you today. I know that the Christmas season can be exciting for some, but it can be extremely difficult for others. And so we stand with you today and we want you to know that we're here for you, that we love you, and we are behind you 100% of the way. Friends, I hope that your Sunday is blessed. I hope that you're able to surround yourself with family and friends and loved ones and continue the celebration that is Christmas. It's something that lives on and on in our hearts. What a miracle God has given to us. We love you. We hope that we will see you very soon. It's this coming Sunday at 1030. Uh, our service, our doors will be open for service. And at 930, we have a core discipleship class that meets in our sanctuary. So we certainly welcome you to join us for that as well. Friends, I hope that you cherish every moment that you have with your loved ones this week. We pray God's blessing. We pray his favor upon you. May your ears be open and your spirit willing to listen and obey what God is speaking to your heart. Join with us as we unite in prayer for the next 12 days. Be encouraged. Have a beautiful Sunday. And we will see you soon. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFND.com.